the man, the myth, the legend, Kelly Oaks, from the wow. Georgetown News Graphic in Kentucky, bi-weekly in the Sun Journal. I think that about sums it up. How was the uh, how was the races over the weekend? Good. Uh, the race, the races were good. Uh, the races were hot. It was it was hot here on Saturday. It was uh, it was steamy, but no, nah, it was good night. Good, uh, good boys' night at the races and good Father's Day weekend. And uh, back to I say back to the grind, but there's a few weeks of few weeks of lull here, as you all know. Now that the high school season has gone down everywhere in Kentucky and otherwise. Uh, a little bit of a little bit of a game. Do they have, okay, this is going to be an odd question. Do they have Legion baseball down there? I kind of I kind of anticipated I was going to get that question. Yeah, I was just that, wondering. That used to be the that used to be the thing that we turned into some. Now they don't. They all, they, down here, it's all travel. It's all everybody's on a seventeen U or a fifteen U or a, you know one of those teams. You know, and they it, it's it's more like an AAU situation where they're playing. They got teammates from uh, teams that are usually their rivals. You know, they're playing like it's usually. All over Kentucky and Tennessee, they they're 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 playing games just about every day a week. So uh, yeah, there's there's baseball, but it's not Legion. Interesting, because I uh, I was how they could obviously use some more teams and and how that's all gone and you know I I thought that also ties in pretty good with your Father's Day column uh, the other day yeah, as well. Teams, you know they, they could probably use some more players. Yeah, I mean that's been the problem with Legion for years. You just can't get the kids in. You know, same problem with the high school season, but it's even worse during Legion because you're dealing with uh, you're balancing jobs, you're balancing rides, you're balancing a lot of a lot of different things. The games start five thirty evening. That's just an irregular schedule. There's a lot of reasons kids don't want to miss the Love love the column on uh, in the paper about coaches and fathers. That was did my heart good, and it, and it was a great great uh, column, Gally. Thanks. No, it's uh, and it, it, it's true. I mean, I think uh, more more and more in this day and age, it's it's a harder time for for kids to grow up. I mean, we we can debate that. I mean, uh, sometimes sometimes we think it's an easy time for them to grow up. There's a lot more things for them to navigate. I think and there's a lot more complications. There's a lot more kids that uh, have a different situation at home than, than maybe we did. And uh, in that case. Sports, uh, sports, and the influence of coaches are magnified for them, certainly. And uh, it's just—it's uh, a good time to honor those people. There's, you know, there's a lot more people that are doing the other day, but there's a lot of fathers that aren't doing their job, and there's a lot of people that are standing in for them. Well, let's honor those people. Then. And certainly, a big group of those people that are youth sports coaches. You know, I, I, I had great parents, but I still look upon—you know—I can still remember very well who all my farm league and little league coaches and youth basketball coaches were and, and what they meant to me you know it just uh, there was just another role model it was just someone that uh, invested time in my life and, and didn't ask for anything in return uh, so, so god bless those people yeah you know i think that's one of the reasons i wanted to be a coach i i had good influences when i was young uh, my my dad coached the little league team he, he wasn't a coach but he he knew they needed somebody. He jumped in. He did he teach me all the every aspect of the game? No, probably not. But he really coached well for our team. He brought a team together, and uh, I always remember that. And I'm like you. I was one of those lucky ones. My folks were married for 58 years, and uh, that's the kind of house I grew up in. They they were in love till the last day. So. Uh, that was it was a tremendous influence, and I I never forgot that. 
I mean, what do we, we often say to parents is, you know, the biggest thing you can do for your kids is just be there. I yeah. mean, uh, whether it's just be at their games and no, you don't have to say anything. Just be, And really, that's what coaches, that's what coaches, the different connection they have with their kids than maybe coaches in, in the past generation did, that they're still able to, to, to develop that, that discipline and that, that love of the game and, and have that success. And, and, you know, people like that have really found a way to connect with this generation at an, at an extremely crucial time. So uh, I think any chance we get to, to celebrate those people is a good thing. Well, you know, there's a tremendous amount of research and and uh, and whatever about coaches having a, as much, if not more, influence than parents. Not only the absentee parent or the parent who's not sure what to do or what to say and whatever, and the coach is that, like you said, is that one constant and when you ask kids who's the biggest influence in your life, I'll tell you, I know it hurts them to say it, but many, many times, more than more than not, quite frankly, it's the coach. Well, it's just the natural progression of life. I mean, when, when kids are little, we're around them constantly. And then as you get to a certain age, 11, 12, 13, things, uh, you kind of start to give them a little more leeway and freedom anyway. So you're spending less time with them. And then when they get uh, you know, into sports, uh, you know whether they're playing one or two or, or three seasons uh, out of the school year, they're spending a lot of their time after school with coaches. They're not spending it with you as parents. So uh, yet yeah, those are the people that they see most of all have the most immediate impact on their life in some cases. And yeah, the parents still still there to pick you up and take you and give you give you some money when you, <laughs> you need it for the for the stop at McDonald's on the ride home. But but by and large, you're uh, you're spending more time with your friends. Your your coaches and your teachers than you're always parents. So, yeah, that's a big, huge thing. Talking with Callie Oaks from the Georgetown News Graphic and the Sun Journal, longtime scribe. Uh, sad news to report from the world of pro wrestling slash National Football League. Former Rams center, he was drafted in the third round of the 1980 draft and then went on to become the famous Big Van Vader. Leon White passed away today at the age of 69. Oh, I, I, I was... I was going through the list of all the guys I knew that had a football background and went into wrestling. I'm like, oh, who's that, Ron Simmons? Or, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't yeah, imagine Ron yeah, Simmons right. is doing great. Yeah, no, yeah, no yeah. I hadn't heard that. That's a, that's a sad thing. And, uh, you know, I don't know how old he was. I guess I can do the math. I think he was about 70, 69, 70. I mean, he was still wrestling, just a 63. the average, certainly, uh, yeah. your life expectancy if you got into pro wrestling in the 80s. 63. He was diagnosed with a severe case of pneumonia. He'd been battling heart issues, and his heart finally shut down last night at the age of 63. He was actually training to get back and, and get cleared to wrestle again. I saw him wrestle in uh, at Oxford Hills High School back in 2000 and, uh, 2014, actually. Got to meet him. He was still out doing indie shows and jumping off the second rope with the belly splash and everything else, man. He was... He was still trucking. Gotta love, the, gotta love the indie shows. We were just talking about that yesterday. We yes. had a meeting here at work, our weekly weekly meeting we got the county fair coming up next week and they're they're reintroducing pro wrestling and on oh, oh boy and yeah it, you it, need it, to start giving me yeah, like advance notice on these at, things so i can plan some vacation poster, time looking at the poster and it said like uh you know georgetown legend so it's a uh, larry d i think he said. We're, we're laughing like, how do you become a georgetown legend in pro wrestling <laughs> i'm sensing a field trip for maddie i really am i used to go watch like uh I always used to go down because I always used to do the stuff at the Memphis Fairgrounds with Jerry Lawler and all those guys. So, yeah, I would totally. Yeah, I, you know, and you probably, you know, you and I grew up roughly the same time, the same place. You, you know, the ICW mm-hmm. and, uh, had had their shows with the AWA at the Lewiston Armory. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, the uh, roadblock and Tony Atlas. He was the local legend up there. I remember him wrestling. He's probably still wrestling. I don't know if he's he's alive. I saw him a few years ago at the Fitzpatrick Trophy uh, banquet. But there's a a guy that was wrestling well into his 60s uh, in a lot of those county fair-type shows. And, uh, yeah, it was was always a good time. It was a a good time. No, he was great to my kids. I actually got a photo taken with him. I'll try to find it later today and post it up on the old social media. But he was a... Great dude, nice guy. But yeah, uh, Ron Simmons was at one of those too, and he's out back smoking heaters in the parking lot. So I, I don't know how much longer he's going to be around. But yeah, I yeah, uh, he's going to feel good though. Right? Yeah, I mean he's got to be feeling. Going to go down fighting. Oh no, I man! Remember, uh, I remember Ivan Putsky was was at one of those ICW shows uh, late in his career. He had kind of made the the transition to ADWA. My my brother went up, of course, by the by the barricades and slapped him on the way by. He goes back and goes, man, he's a sweaty dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. Just the sweatiest dude possible. Like, that's why I'm really glad that when I brought them a couple of years ago, they got hugged before the match, my kids. Because I didn't want them getting all, like, greased up hugged afterwards. That would just be, that'd be concerning <laughs> to me, you know. I just, I wouldn't do it. Um, does anybody in Kentucky, do, do they care about the NBA draft at all? Do they care just about where the Kentucky players go? Yeah, Is that how that works? They 100% about where the Kentucky players go. If the Kentucky players are going to get an agent, if they're going to uh, withdraw and say they're coming back to school, that's 100% the level of reporting on the NBA draft. And maybe there's like a there's like a small group of people that care where the is going to go and how that's going to impact you know the domino effect that's going to happen. But by and large, it's 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 UK all the time, um, and and that's it. And then there, there's plenty to report there because every year there's four or five guys that are uh, probably uh, have first round potential from there. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's the that's the extent of it. Talking with Callie Oaks from the Georgetown News Graphic in Kentucky. All right, I need I need you to weigh in on this. I need the. I, I need I need the Obi Wan here to to step out for a second and uh, and uh, with with a green lightsaber preferably. What um what are we what are we looking at? You, you Kawhi Leonard. You want him on the Celtics? Do you not want him on the Celtics? What, what are your thoughts? I, I mean, healthy, mentally, physically, and whatever else. Yeah, I mean, I think he'd be a great pickup. But again, the question is, what do you have to what do you have to sacrifice to get him? And what are you what are you going to get when you do get him? Uh, is, he, is he one of these guys that's going to be a a drag a drag on your franchise because uh, he's got a little bit of a diva in him? I, I don't know. A little, I, my my gut says no. My gut says no. I don't I don't see. But I but I'm also against this whole mentality of every Celtics fan every time someone's name is mentioned it's like no no can't have them we can't gotta, gotta stay the course you know a thousand points of light you know, stay the course stay the course that'd be me <laughs> it's like I just you know stay what course losing the Eastern Conference Finals I mean I, you, you got to have a plan you got to have a plan to not just develop your young talent you've got to have a plan in this FBA in this professional sports uh climate to, to go out and get that big name player and take that risk once in a while to, to, to go over the top. I mean, because it's in, especially in the NBA, it's seen it. and it's not just it there, it's been for 30 years, you know, good teams hoard good players. <laughs> and if you're not doing it, someone else is. So I think you've got to look at it real closely. Uh, my, my gut says not to pull the trigger on the Leonard thing, uh, but, uh, but I, I, I'm not one of these people that's 
completely against it, saying, oh, we, yeah, how can you even consider such a thing? I'm like, well, because he's good. I mean, <laughs> that's how you can consider it. So, so who are you willing to give up to get Kawhi? That's just it. I don't think I am. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I think you've got to. I, I think when these things come up, you've got to at least do your due diligence and say, okay, uh, where, where could we, where could we take this with this person, without this person? You know, what's the, what's the potential ceiling, and what's the potential pitfalls of this? You know, I, I, you know, and that's what people like Danny Angel pay to do. That's what, that's what we as fans now. We just speak off the cuff. And, we have we have an opinion based on just hearing a guy's name, but there's there's bigger issues. I I think the the only way you can get him is if you can if you want to package it around Brown and Rozier, I'm totally fine with it and fill some salary in around that. Whatever you need to do, because I mean San Antonio is going to want to rebuild. I uh, to me any move that any move that gets maybe this answers the question. Any move that gets rid of Irving and Tatum is off the, off the table. Correct. Irving and Tatum are my untouchables. Anybody else you can try for. Okay. Yeah. I think I think you, I think you need to sell high on Rozier right now, frankly. Yeah, no, I mean I, I'm okay with packaging anybody else in some form or another to go after one of those I, players if necessary. One of I those one of, one of those all star type people to, to maybe be the last decent puzzle. But I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sacrifice one to get another. Correct. I don't think you can trade Hayward if you no. Oh, yeah, you no, just no, brought no, him in and I mean, I, you'll yeah, never I'm get a free agent. Last year's roster and not not even thinking about him. But I think you got yeah. at least. Uh, I think you got to at least give that another year or two and see how he comes back and you know, see what he can bring to the table. be real interesting. I mean, they come in, they win the title this year, and, and something happens. Like I said, I, I just think the Rozier thing, I think you saw how much better is he going to be able to get from this past year to next year. Like, I feel like maybe last year was kind of where his ceiling is. I don't know how much yeah. higher his ceiling's going to go. And I think no, if you can spin him for something now before he becomes a free agent, you can't get anything out of him. And I think he's a restricted free agent starting this year. Avoid all that crap because someone will sign a starting point guard next year. There's going to be a lot of teams with more cap space next summer. Brooklyn, for example, will be one of those teams after the deal they made today for Dwight Howard. There's going to be some. There's going to be some money available. So I think you need to you need to hit the eject button on Terry Rozier now. And with the uh, point guards that San Antonio played uh, on their team last year, if you can build a package around Brown, if you get Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier for Kawhi Leonard, you have won your trade. And I think both teams have won the trade. It's going to have to be a draft pick in there, right? No, no. If you're getting Brown and Rozier, sorry, you're getting the number three pick in the 2016 draft, and you're getting the the number 16 pick in 2016. The money doesn't match up, does it? You'll get some filler in there, but no, yeah, you don't need any picks. Nope, you're not taking my Sacramento pick, and you're not taking my Memphis pick. Beat it. You want a Clippers pick? I can interest you in a Clippers pick. There we go. You know, Clippers. Maybe. I'm with you on. I'm with you on Rozier. I I think that. you know, this this reminds me a little bit of being a Patriots fan, and when mm-hmm. you see somebody when you see somebody overachieve in the Belichick way of doing things, and and I think Rozier has done that in the Brad Stevens way of doing things. I think you 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 you've maxed out his value. I think you're absolutely right about that. And I think somebody will be willing to overpay one way or another for that in the, in the next year, whether it's you know, down the road in free agency or what, what you can get for him now. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of parallels there. I think uh, there's a guy that I, I, I think has performed at a level above where his where his uh, where, where he's going to regress to the mean a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe now time strike while the iron's hot and all that. Yeah, and, and I've heard people say, "Oh, you trade Kyrie, you just put Rozier in for him." No, Terry Rozier showed no. you. No, the trade Kyrie people 
they're, yeah. they're, they're the ones that, that annoy me the most. They're, they're, they're the people that should be on a flat earth and just fall off of it. Just yeah. just go off. <laughs> Kyrie, I, I can tell you right now, it is June 20th, 2018 at 11.48 a.m., I would bet my life that Kyrie Irving, unless something horribly goes wrong this year, Kyrie Irving will re-sign with the Celtics next year. I mean, he's talking last week about going to dinner with Brad Stevens and his family. I don't even like people, let alone their families most of the time. So if I'm invited out to dinner and I like him enough to go out to dinner with his family and his kids, I'm probably not leaving. I'm telling you, there's this this Hayward Irving Stevens thing. It's almost a little culty, and I'm okay with that because it I benefit. I'm so I'm totally it. cool with it, you know. Like, I think it's like I think I think those are good pieces to have in place. Those yeah. are good people to be getting along. Correct. For, those for are, those are good people to be to be making Kool Aid for us, and I'm okay with it. You know, I'm totally stir away, guys. St- <laughs> keep going. Yeah, you know, whatever you whatever you want to call it. Ah, boy. Beelis Daily for the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. Now, oh, go ahead. You got something? No, I was going to say. No, I- is oh, that, yeah. What were you going to say? Yeah, he was going to say something. No, yeah. I was going to say, is that trade worth it if you trade Rozier and Brown for Kawhi and then he leaves? Now what? Well, do you win a title? What yeah, does Banner 18 mean to you? If you win a title, do you increase his chances of staying? Probably. Uh, you know. Yeah, good point. I mean, I, it, it's a gamble, but, uh, you know, Brad Stevens seems to be a guy that uh, he, he's a jerk whisperer. You know, he can, <laughs> he can get through to people. <laughs> Uh, it, Look at no, Isaiah Thomas and, and Evan Turner, for examples. If you need, if you need an example, anyone. Yeah. yeah. So, so he, he's got some some success there on the table. Uh, oh, he's got some good rep, and no question. Yeah. So I, I, maybe maybe it's worth it. I don't. My, my gut feeling is no. Let's look for something. I mean, there's nothing better right now, but maybe maybe save your. Keep the pieces on the chessboard and see what you can do down the road. Now, you could trade, if you decided to, if you decided you wanted to do this, you could trade Marcus Morris, Jalen Brown, Yabu, and Terry Rozier, and you don't have to do anything else. That Leonard could come in. Marcus I mean, Morris. Could, and Danny Ainge has been known to do that. Yeah. Kind of, you know, bring, you know get, get rid of half the roster in one fell swoop. So right. It, it, it could happen. And then if you, because if you do that, I mean, I. To me, that's bull. I, if I'm looking at that roster and I'm looking at the Spurs roster right now, I see at least three starters in there. I see Rozier starting. I see Brown starting. I see Morris starting. So you get three starters for one guy who didn't even play for you last year. That his teammates, you know, basically went after him in the locker room and and said he was soft. Like that's yeah. not a bad deal for San Antonio. There's not a lot better you would be able to get out there. I don't think. I don't think you get three. And you just hit why if a guy's soft, the guy's soft. It doesn't matter if he's in San Antonio or Boston. Correct. You're kinda, you you just kind of isolate why I'm reluctant <laughs> to pull the trigger on this deal because I think maybe he is a little soft. Um, <laughs> it's true but, because, and the reason I mention that is Peter Vesey uh, wrote, a, wrote a column the other day that I was reading and uh, actually retweeted, and, and the quote from it was pretty... The quote from it itself, I thought, was was pretty uh, uh, pretty uh, pretty tempting. It was pretty telling. I, I think was the the word I'm looking for here. It was kind of one of those deals where you look at it, and you're like, okay, well, you know what, you know, what is this guy? Can he? Is this going to be like Carl Crawford? Is this guy going to be like uh, yeah, like yeah, it, like it, Julio it, it, Lugo? Is use the movie uh, the movie analogy? He's got a little Roger Dorn in him, I think. You know, yeah, I'm not, a little, little I'm bit. Not gonna, I'm not going to bust this face for these guys, you know, kind of thing. 
<laughs> I little, like it. That's a good analogy. Here. Um, the uh, where is it? Where is it? Kawhi's placid personality is a perfect fit in San Antonio and torturously unfit to cope with the media madness of L.A. and NYC, even Boston, Philly, Chicago, and Miami. So you know, I think, I think there's something to that too. I mean, when when any when any guy with a little bit of a quirky personality goes to one of those cities, it doesn't usually end well. Now It'll start well. Yeah, that was my thought. Now, my next question for you, when players that you covered start getting coaching jobs, how old does that start making you feel? Because I saw one this week, and frankly, I kind of wanted to throw myself off of a bridge uh, when Cody I saw Saint it. Germain, is that when, when Coach about? Cody St. Germain was hired to take over at Dirigo. Well, I mean, I, class I of 2012, mind you. About a month ago, and I saw that on Facebook. So, yeah, <laughs> time flies. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to do an awesome job. Uh, independently of how I feel about getting old, I think it's a great hire for the Derek Cougars. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it makes me feel a little anxious. I, I mean, 2012 was, was literally what yesterday and they were winning the state title. And I said, a lot what? Of water under the bridge since then. He's got some work to do up there. I think we've covered that too in the, in the on the show and in, in, the, in the newspaper face up there but uh yeah it, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes i mean if anybody can can connect with that community and, and develop develop it to where it, it's been and, and, and keep it there it, it, it's him uh, he uh, got his finger on the pulse for sure i said what did it for me was people that i had as students when i was principal at oak hill yeah i retired and went back as a coach and they now had kids who were playing for me that that's a little spooky with yeah, when the parent walks up and says, "Do you remember me?" Mm-hmm. It's like, "Oh, yeah. I, I ended up before I left. Before I left Maine, covering a lot of second generation athletes that I had. Yeah, by now, granted, their parents were my age because I started there when I was sixteen. So I was writing about people in my own <laughs> my own class, but just so it, it made sense that they were having kids that were sixteen, seventeen, eighteen since my kid was that age at that point. But uh, yeah, it makes you. It, it, it reminds you. If there, it's a reminder, if nothing else. It's something you're already aware of, okay, when you get out of bed every morning. <laughs> but it's, a, it's just another reminder, just another brick in the wall. <clears throat> ah. Callie Oaks from the Georgetown News Graphic joins us each and every week. We touch base on many, many a thing. Talk to you next week, my friend. Thank you very much. We never know where it's going to go, do we? We no, never, that's really, right. and that's the goal. Like I, I just don't want to know where. It's don't they go. call them that circuitous route? That's the circuitous. That's, that's a, a great circle route of, that's of a, radio. Have that's a great a, week, guys. That's a freaking big word, Wayne. Yeah. That's well, a, Callie's used to those. I'm not used to those. Thanks, Callie. <laughs> Callie Oaks from the Georgetown News Graphic in Kentucky here on the Beale's Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network.